Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host, and as always, we are broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the Rivers Casino. And I am very excited for this show tonight. Plenty of action to unfold within the next hour. Let's give you a preview of what we got. 15 minutes from now, Mike Pritchard, former NFL receiver and current VEASAN host, will share his top plays and just overall thoughts and assessment for Super Bowl 56. Get it from a player perspective and then naturally a betting perspective as he gets a great bird's eye view of both angles. So I'm excited to talk with Pritch in about 15 minutes for the big game. Then a half hour from now, how about VEASAN's NBA betting analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, also co-host of The Edge right here on VEASAN. A good slate to look forward to tonight in the NBA involving a Bulls game, which I'll discuss momentarily. A good Sixers matchup. And if you saw my tweet or if you've just been looking at the betting odds, a lot of movement has occurred with the Sixers and their Eastern Conference and just NBA Finals odds. We'll get into that in just a second. But also later in the show, we'll get to Prop Shelf, where I talk about these top props like we have been doing for the Super Bowl, and tonight we're kind of going all over the place. We're going to be doing some punting props. We're going to be doing some first down props and turnover ones as well. So we're pretty much going all over the board with ones that stood out to me as of today. But let's kick things off like we tend to do, giving you a Chicago sports preview of the night. And I do have a couple plays in this Bulls game this evening. A rough go at it last night when it came to our Gary Trent Jr. bet. We went in overtime, and the dude still couldn't get over 20 and a half points. And then we lost out on the Suns, but so be it. We're looking to bounce back tonight, and it begins with this Bulls and Pacers game. Now, I am fully aware that Zach Levine is out in this game, and my handicapping into this game from this morning up until now was with the assumption that Levine was not going to be playing. He really wasn't 100% last night against the Raptors. He was already dealing with back spasms, and considering you have the Sixers to look forward to on Sunday, this is a spot where they're just looking to give him some rest with a day off in between. Because the Pacers, you, you think the Bulls are depleted? Well, the Pacers will give him a run for your money. Uh, looking at the players who are out for the Pacers, Sabonis, he is out. Miles Turner, we know he is out along with TJ Warren. Isaiah Jackson is out. TJ McConnell is out. Malcolm Brogdon is out. Uh, Goga uh, Bitadze, he is out. That's just recent news as well. And then O'Shea Brissett is questionable 
going into this game. So look, I, the Bulls also had the Pacers number this season, 2-1, to one, in terms of what they've been able to do. If you remember, one of those was the game winner with DeMar DeRozan. I think that was on New Year's Eve. It was a hell of a game, and everybody was erupting here in the sports book. And look, these teams, it, it's obviously a little bit different because of the rosters and because the Bulls are on a second leg of a back-to-back -back coming off an overtime effort. And normally I would look to avoid this spot with Chicago, especially because of that and because no Levine and because of how bad their defense has been. But the Pacers are just as, if not more so, depleted and banged up than the Bulls are. So despite Levine being out and on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, I do like the Bulls here in this spot. And I played them on the money line, minus 129. We're going to have to wait to see what the number gets reposted at, but I'm sure you'll get a little bit better number now that it's official. Uh, also, Kobe White is a game-time decision, so keep that in mind if you want to get involved. The reason that I do think it is favorable for the Bulls still, though, is because if you look at, so cleaningtheglass.com, when I throw out these stats, is that's what I'm referencing from, the numbers from that website. And a key number or key stat category to look at for these players' impact is the efficiency differential, which is teams' points scored per 100 possessions minus teams' points allowed per 100 possessions. So really just what is the value for each respective player? And from the list of the players that the Pacers are missing, here's what they bring. Brogdon, plus 6.4. Sabonis, plus 5.7. Uh, then you got uh, Bitadze at about plus 5.6. And Turner, who's been out for a while, at plus 1 flat. So all these players are very impactful that are going to be absent for the Indiana Pacers in this game. And then if we get into the underlying stats even more so, offensively, the Bulls still doing pretty well despite missing some of their players. They're fourth in points per possession, fifth in effective field goal percentage. On the contrary, for Indiana defensively, they are 24th in defensive points per possession and 19th in defensive effective field goal percentage. Half-court offense, Bulls rank fourth. Half-court defense, Pacers rank 23rd. Transition offense, Bulls rank numero tres, and the Pacers are at 14th for transition defense. Now, I get that it may be skewed because I'm only listing out the Bulls' offensive stats in comparison to the Pacers' defense, but this has also been a defense in Indiana that has struggled, especially since Turner has been absent. So both of these teams really have had those issues because they're missing some key players on the defensive side of the ball. Is it something that can that a team can withstand on the long haul? No, but on a game-to-game -game basis in a game like this, I think it better serves this Bulls team that does have deeper weapons offensively despite missing Zach Levine and already the guys they have been missing. So hopefully Kobe White can still go. He can be a nice production off the bench, but I do like the short price here on the money line for the Bulls against the Indiana Pacers. So that's the outright play I got for this matchup. Let me tell you a prop I'm honing in on as well. Involving Justin Holiday of the Indiana Pacers you could look into the category of him and his points prop 12 and a half is the number over minus 125 at Bet Rivers under is minus 103 but I'm more so looking at his three-point field goals made two and a half is the number at Bet Rivers and the over was plus money plus 115 now overall Holiday's done fairly well against the Bulls he's gone over this prop mark of 12 and a half points in two out of three games he's gotten 14 10 and 16 respectively but the reason I'm going with the three-point field goals instead of his points prop is because he's gone over this points prop in 18 out of 47 games, but he has gone over the three-point field goals prop in 22 out of 47 games. Also has gone over it in two out of three games versus the Bulls. But more so, it's because every time he has eclipsed this prop mark of 12.5 points, he's also gone over two and a half threes. But we know he's gone over this two and a half threes prop more than he has his points. So if the correlation is there, 
and the only way he's going to get over 12 and a half for what's been the case this season, why would you not just do the two and a half, three point field goals made over for plus money instead of the over 12 and a half at minus 125? That's what the direct correlation has been. So I'll take the plus money instead, and I'll do Justin Holiday over two and a half, three point field goals made at plus 115. And if you want to go deeper into it, aside from the fact that a majority of his shots are coming from that area of the floor. And aside from the fact that the Bulls are just terrible in that area, being they allow opponents to shoot 37% from beyond the arc, which is dead last in the NBA, because the Pacers are so depleted all throughout, this is going to give a role player like Justin Holiday more opportunities to shoot the ball and try to provide as much offense as possible all throughout the course of this game. And if you want the exact number, by the way, 72% of his shots come from beyond the arc for Justin Holiday. And again, the Bulls are allowing opponents to make 37% of their shots from beyond the arc, which is dead last in the NBA. So give me that plus money, Justin Holiday over two and a half, three point field goals made at plus 115. Along with that, we are riding the Bulls on the money line after that disappointing loss last night. Hopefully they can bounce back and take advantage of a banged up Indiana Pacers team. Uh, I, so I talked about this at the beginning of the show when I was teeing everything up and I was maybe just going to mention it briefly, but because of how much movement we've seen, I felt that I needed to address it at the end of the segment. Now, yesterday we were talking with Will Hill on the show, and he had a great outlook in terms of how to bet the Philadelphia 76ers, and that was to win the East. And I was a little appalled because I hadn't gone too deep into these futures, and he's like, I like the Sixers at 10-1 to 1 based on the number and the value play. And I was like, you know what, Will, you're right. I think that's a pretty good look. Did a crossover podcast on our city cast with myself and then Ryan Rostein, who hosts the Philadelphia City Cast. And we were talking about this a little bit more so today. Talked about the Super Bowl as well, Bulls, Sixers, if you want to check it out, wherever you get your podcasts available. But we were looking at these, we're like, okay, what would be the better bet? The Bulls at 12 to 1 to win the East or the Sixers at 10 to 1. And oddly enough, we picked each, you know, the opposing team. I picked the Sixers, he picked the Bulls, because maybe we're a little bit pessimistic for each. But it's funny because we're like, yeah, the Sixers would be great, but they're still just one piece away. And so are the Bulls. They need to get healthy and one more piece. But the Sixers, just like I used for the example of the Rams, they've been building up to this moment for so long now. They've been trying to trust that process for a while. And if Joel Embiid can stay healthy, this team is ready to go. But they are missing that one more killer piece. And the rumors are circulating now that James Harden potentially could be dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers. Looks like they are going to be pursuing Brooklyn's James Harden ahead of the NBA trade deadline on Thursday, and the Nets are now open to discussing a deal. Uh, Shams tweeted that out. So if he's tweeting it out, you know it's got some validity behind it. Doesn't mean it's going to come for, to fruition. I mean, realistically, maybe not. But look, the Sixers do need to make those necessary moves. You've heard the rumblings from James Harden, clearly not content with everything that's going down in Brooklyn with Kyrie not playing half the games and maybe not too content with Steve Nash and just how wonky this team has been. So I'm sure he would not hate the idea of pairing up with one Joel Embiid, and that makes the Sixers' value so tasty. But again, before I could get that 10-1, to 1, right after I read the news, it had already moved down at Bet Rivers to plus 850, which again was the best number by a wide margin compared to the other books in Illinois. And then I pulled the trigger. I'm going to 
look at it again just to see where it's at. And then it moved down to plus 750. So right now it's at plus 750. So I did take the Sixers plus 850 to win the Eastern Conference. If you still want to get involved with some of the action, again, plus 750 is probably the best number out there at Bet Rivers. Go ahead and check that out because if they do get a solid piece, and obviously Harden is more than solid, I still think the Sixers are a perennial contender. The Bulls are a year away and a big piece away. I think their ceiling is the Eastern Conference Championship, but the Sixers' ceiling is winning the whole thing. I truly believe that. But they are a piece away, and if James Harden actually can be that piece and come through, then this number is not going to be there anymore. And I put them above the nets, obviously, with all the problems they're already dealing with, and they're such a short shot. The Heat are pretty solid, but shorter value at 5-1. to one. And, hey, maybe the Bucks have a championship hangover. So if you want the value, I think you'd do it sooner rather than later with the Philadelphia 76ers. But coming up next on Rush Hour, we'll transition. We'll go to the gridiron, talk Super Bowl 56 with former NFL receiver and current VEASAN host Mike Pritchard. And don't forget, we'll get back to the NBA with JBT. But coming up next, stick around. Football talk coming with Mr. Mike Pritchard. Stick around. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, get Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get them available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. 
Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Thank you for being with us on this Friday evening. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook per usual, and it's very packed right now. Uh, we don't have football this weekend, but doesn't mean you can't get your bets in already, and we do got plenty of college basketball, NBA, and look, I guess if you want to bet the Pro Bowl, but we'll ask our next guest, Mike Pritchard, if that is worth the play in a second. But Mike, thank you for joining us. If you don't know Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver, great job in the NFL and great job as co-host of Betting Across America with Josh Applebaum on the VEASAN airwaves. So Mike, thanks again for taking some time. So before we get to the Pro Bowl, and I could probably already guess what your answer to that question is, the real game we're looking forward to next Sunday, Rams, Bengals, this line open three and a half, went up to four and a half. Now it's at four. Total's been steady at 48 in the hook. Have you taken a position on this game? And I guess as alongside that, I mean, what was your immediate reaction to this matchup? Good to be with you, Danny. No, I have not taken a position on the game yet. Uh, I know there's a big buildup and certainly got so much noise happening uh, with the Super Bowl, and uh, you can get overwhelmed with that. I'm actually looking at maybe playing uh, this game from an end game perspective. Uh, I'm going to be on the betcast uh, with Gil and Matt and Kelly, and uh, I think I could certainly learn a lot from those guys during a game from a betting standpoint. But just the information that I can get on the Super Bowl after kickoff, because like I said, there's a lot of moving parts right now. There's a lot of unknowns. Uh, but one of the things I've discovered uh, this year, betting endgame, is just how much information I can gather uh, during the course of a contest and certainly use what I know about the league and what I know about adjustments from teams uh, to my advantage, for sure. Yeah, and speaking of adjustments, I think this is a very intriguing coaching matchup as well. Now, Sean McVay, you know, boy genius is what they call him when he first got into the league, and then he kind of outsmarted himself against Bill Belichick the first go-around. And honestly, Mike, I mean, last game, the, the moves he made and the stuff that Stafford did with the should-have-been interception, I feel like nine times out of ten you don't get away with that, especially against Shanahan. But here he is in the Super Bowl once again, and then you get a coach in Zach Taylor who a lot of people say, you know, the good fortune comes from Joe Burrow, and let's be honest, a lot of that is probably true. But Zach Taylor has coached a pretty good game plan toward the latter half of the season and this postseason. Who do you trust a little bit more? So I know you got to wait to see, I guess, in the game with those adjustments, but what are you expecting to see out of each coach? Well, that's the point, Danny. I, I don't trust either one of them because I think what you alluded to in Sean McVay, you know, he's trying to win the game from the sidelines, which is ridiculous. And I think his ego can get in the way at times. Uh, he's got a quarterback that they traded for, and certainly he should trust. And his playmaking ability, talking about Matthew Stafford, is off the charts, and, and they got the weapons to get it done. Uh, a great defense, too. And then on the other side, Zach Taylor is predictable. Uh, with his play calling, but yet what you mentioned about Burrow is so true. The second rated quarterback in the league this year behind Aaron Rodgers. I think that's incredible. And a lot of young talent in their prime years that's ready to make plays too. So I'm waiting to see how the game settles down. Uh, I, I think it could be influenced by the extended pregame activity uh, and then the extended halftime activity I want to see how these teams adjust to all of that because we do have two lower-seeded football teams in this matchup. 
Now, Mike, being a former wide receiver yourself, I know you always got some interest in that position group, especially when it comes to betting those props. And I know you already have one that you have locked down involving Tyler Boyd, uh, his receiving yards mark at about 39 and a half. So where did you get involved with that number? And you said you were seeing some steam on that. Is that correct? Yes, depending on where you go. I bet MGM uh, earlier this week, we saw it dip down from um, it opened once you open up 42 and a half and now it dipped down to 39 and a half. So I grabbed it uh, talking with Josh at the time, uh, Applebaum thinking that it might rise and it has, I, I we've seen it. We talked about it today at 40 and a half. So uh, depending on where you shop. So 39 and a half, I locked that in mainly because Tyler Boyd, he's a third receiver and you know, oftentimes coaches, they don't game plan to stop the third receiver. Uh, and so I was hoping for a lower number that way I cashed some tickets on Odell Beckham jr. But his receiving yards prop is elevated. Now I believe, uh, I think Cooper cup is elevated, but yet he still should go over. I mean, I would bet, I would never bet an under situation with Cooper cup. Uh, so I thought there was a, an opportunity with Tyler Boyd to take that number right now. Yeah, I think you're right. It's funny. I mean, everybody's going to be hammering OBJ and especially Cooper Cup. And you're right. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like you either bet the over or you stay away from it rather than betting the other on either of those guys because right. you almost can't make it high enough. And another receiver that has been so dominant in such a large part to the success of his team is Jamar Chase. But the counter to that, Mike, is, of course, Jalen Ramsey. What do you expect to see out of that matchup? How can Ramsey limit him? And if you're the Bengals, how can you try to scheme against that? Well, as a former wide receiver, my bias might be in this one, Danny. I, I don't think there's a shutdown cover corner. I, I mean, I, I know Ramsey, he's a good player, but is he really going to just take Jamar Chase away? Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but the bet is certainly his receiving yards or, or receptions. And so uh, taking a look at that, I, I think there's a chance that we could have a reduced number of drives, possessions in this game, the Super Bowl. Typically, we'll see 13 possessions a game. Uh, we might see 11, maybe 10. Uh, therefore, limited opportunities, right, for a lot of people to be involved in a game in, in a significant way. So uh, I'm careful and cautious about higher numbers with props, player props. That's how I'm looking at it. Outside of the key players, obviously, Cooper Cup uh, being one of those guys, Jamar Chase. But I, I think Jamar Chase's number uh, might be a little elevated right now. Yeah, 79 and a half for his receiving yards. A little yeah. bit high. His receptions, five and a half. Uh, you might be a little bit more comfortable with the receptions than him getting, you know, boom plays like we have seen him have. But again, I mean, that Ram secondary pretty lethal when it comes down to it. Uh, last question about the big game, and then I don't want to talk about the other football game, Mike. I, I got to ask you really quick, uh, who have you been kind of circulating for Super Bowl MVP personally? And it's not anything, you know, out of the blue. I mean, I pulled the trigger on Cooper Cup and took a little bit of a flyer on Aaron Donald. Is there any player or a couple of players that you think could be worth a play? I like the Aaron Donald one. Uh, I've been talking that one up a little bit all week. Um, I think there could be a lot of interest because he, he is the best player in football, right? And uh, I think if he has any impact on the game, which he's more than capable of doing, uh, he'll get a lot of mention and, and a lot of momentum his way, certainly. Uh, but, I mean, you can't really go too far outside the box when you're thinking about this. I mean, quarterbacks rule the roost right there, and then, you know, receivers are second. So any receiver that you think could have a big game or running back even. And so a receiver and running backs are tied with seven MVPs. 
Uh, Von Miller, a former MVP, uh, if you can take a flyer on him too. But I, I would think we would see more of an impact from Aaron Donald uh, more so than, than Von Miller in this one. All right, Mike, before we let you go, we got about 90 seconds or so. Tell us why us better should or should not be getting involved in this Pro Bowl. Oh, oh, well, first of all, last night. So, Danny, I'm on two hours of sleep. Uh, and last <laughs> night, I mean, I was just hanging with uh, football player after football player. I mean, this entire week they, they had the official activities uh, welcoming all the Pro Bowlers and dinner. And, and so guys have been playing golf all over the city and it's Vegas. Uh, I mean, it's touch football at best. So I, I don't know how anybody, anybody would get an advantage, gain an advantage, bet in this game, or certainly find a way to make money on it. And sit back and enjoy it, and then get just get ready for the Super Bowl next week. Oh, there you go. Hey, makes sense to me. Yeah, you got to live it up while you're there in Vegas. The main priority certainly is not playing your hearts out for the Pro Bowl. So we'll focus our attention on the game after that. But, Mike, get some much-needed rest. Thank you for making some time tonight and keep up the great work on betting across America, my friend. Thank you so much, Danny. Pleasure to be on the show. You got it. Mike Pritchard, folks. Follow him on Twitter at Pritchard, And, again, co-host of Betting Across America on the VEASAN airwaves throughout the week alongside VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum. Look at that. Mike Pritchard getting involved in all the party fiascos out there in Vegas with all the pro bowlers. Love to hear it. But awesome stuff from Mike. He's got a great point, though. I mean, everybody, including myself, you kind of hype up the Jalen Ramsey-Jamar Chase one-on-one -on -one battle. And J Jalen Ramsey's great. Don't get it wrong. I don't think anybody disputes that. But, you know, Pritch said he may be a little bit biased, but maybe not the best one-on-one -on -one coverage as everybody's leading him up to believe. But at the same time, talking about these receivers, numbers are a little bit inflated. Jamar Chase up to 79 and a half. You think he could get over that? I certainly wouldn't be rushing the counter to the counter to make that play. But we'll see where these numbers end up, and we'll talk more about the props later here on Rush Hour. But we are transitioning back to the hardwood. Beeson's NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel gives us his top plays and thoughts on some of these transactions in the association coming up next. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. And this digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our experts. So visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Once again, check it out at VSIN.com slash Super Bowl. Welcome back to VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for being with us. Time to continue on our conversation on the hardwood, talking some NBA tonight and a lot of solid games to look forward to. And we'll get to that Bulls-Pacers matchup in just a second and an update with those injuries. But let's begin with this Cavs and Hornets matchup. And again, to help us handicap all this and break it down, VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel joining us here on Rush Hour. You can follow him on Twitter at MeJVT and catch him at VEASAN.com with all of his write-ups every single day. It is a must-read and a must-listen as he co-hosts The Edge with Matt Eumann. So, JVT, thank you for making some time tonight. 
Let's begin, like I said, with that Cavs and Hornets game. And Cleveland catching six in this spot. Total at about 217 and a half. Both of these teams have been pretty exciting this year. But do you believe that Charlotte deserves to be a six-point favorite in this game? Well, it's closer to what uh, I made it, Danny. You know, I, I laid four and a half this morning, and I think it should probably be uh, pretty close to six, if not a little bit above it. Darius Garland's not going to play tonight. And Darius Garland uh, is a massive piece for Cleveland, but it's also just about cluster injuries here at this point for Cleveland. We know, right, for a while, Ricky Rubio hasn't been playing. Colin Sexton hasn't been playing. We're talking about a starting backward now. Chetty Osman and Brandon Goodwin. Like, it's just, it hasn't been good. If you look at some of the numbers for Cleveland, if you take Garland off the floor with this current backcourt situation, you're talking about a negative 7.2 net rating, a 105.1 offensive rating. It's just a really bad mix offensively for Cleveland without Garland out there. He's, at times, the only guy who can dribble the ball for him. So, I've been playing against Cleveland since Garland's been hurt. I think that's just the strategy for me here. Market seems to agree, too. So, I laid four and a half, and I think this is the right direction. I think this is the right number. You know, the Hornets haven't been playing particularly well, but I think in this matchup, they'll be able to get right against a pretty poor Cleveland offense. Makes sense. All right, JBT. Well, another team that is now going to be missing a star player, Brooklyn, without James Harden tonight. And they're catching five in the hook against Utah. This total, a higher one at 229 and a half. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Rudy Gobert is absent in this game once again. So that's why you were kind of favoring Brooklyn originally, right? Yeah, so in the article, and I still, you know, obviously you can't return tickets. So I have uh, Brooklyn plus four and a half. And I got them right of the market initially. Market got bottomed out at one, three at one point in some shops, but with the news that Harden is not going to play, it gets back up to five and a half. But I'll say this, look, one, it gives you some confidence where you're sitting on four and a half on a number, and it's only moved a point because of an absence of a player yeah. like James Harden. I think it speaks to the issues that Utah has. You know, without Rudy Gobert, it's a team that has a defensive rating of about 116. Uh, they are 0-6, or excuse me, they're 2-8 uh, straight up, 2-7-1 against the spread this season without Rudy Gobert on the floor. And Kyrie Irving is still an efficient creator offensively. Him and Patty Mills form a pretty dynamic duo in terms of that backcourt. There's still something to like here against a really flawed Utah team. So I like I obviously have the worst of the number here. James Harden's clearly not playing, but the the tepid move from the market still tells you that this is a pretty flawed Jazz team. And I'm like I'm not punting on my number. I, I don't really actually feel too badly, even though I'm sitting on four and a half. That number's five and a half, and without James Harden, because I just think that poorly of Utah right now, especially without Rudy Gobert on the floor. So I'd expect we don't get past that five and a half. I would think that uh, there might be even some buyback here on Brooklyn at some point because of the Jazz and the way that they've been playing lately. Yeah, and honestly, you're right. I mean, getting the four in the hook and then losing a star player like Harden, having it only move a point, not too shabby whatsoever. And, you know, JBT, speaking of James Harden, all the rumors circulating now on the possibility that he could be acquired yeah. by the Philadelphia 76ers. I was talking about it at the beginning of the show. These Eastern Conference uh, Finals odds, they went from 10-1 for Philly, now down to about plus 750. What do you make of this? Do you think this could actually come to fruition? And if it does, where do you put the Sixers in your power ratings? Yeah, so it clearly can. I mean, look, there's there's not that many deals out there for Maury to make, right? If he wants the package that he's looking for, which is reportedly either a superstar or you know, a bevy of picks that, that he's asking for the moon, this is going to be the closest he's going to get. There's nothing really out there. There's nothing really out there in the offseason that makes a lot of sense. So this would make a, it would make some sense that it's going to be hardened now. They can't wait until the offseason, right, and still get Harden. He would opt in and then get an extension, and there'd be like a sign-and-trade type deal. Uh, but if Philly's going to maximize this window, and I think they should, Joel Embiid's playing at an MVP level at this point right now, and he's playing with an empty roster spot that's costing him millions and millions of dollars. You know, why not make the most of this window? Why not look around at the Eastern Conference and realize, hey, we can weaken one of our biggest rivals here in the Brooklyn Nets. 
And the rest of the teams around us, Chicago is a flawed defensive team. The Milwaukee Bucks can't win anything at this point or win consistently. And the Miami Heat are up there, right? And that'd probably be your biggest competition at this point right now. So it makes some sense. And I would think this happens. Now, as far as where I put them in terms of a power rating, I still have some faith in James Harden. I would have to see them in the terms that they would play. But they're definitely a top three team, I would say, in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if I put them right at the top. I don't know if they'd still beat Milwaukee when they're fully engaged. But I think I would definitely power rate them as a top three team in the East. All right, well, let's stick on the Eastern Conference side of things, JBT. The Bulls got an interesting game tonight on the road against the Pacers. No Zach Levine, no Kobe White in this matchup. But we also know at the same time, the Pacers are missing what seems like virtually everybody. Uh, Bet Rivers does not have the lineup right now, but it appears that most shops have it at basically a pick with a total around 229, 229 and a half or so. What did you make of this game before that? Because the way I was looking at it was with the assumption that Levine would be out, and then I guess Kobe White was 50-50. And I still think the Bulls can do well enough because of how depleted the Pacers are, but how did you view this matchup? So I looked at this from a total perspective, Danny, and now that we're going to have some missing players and some key offensive players for Chicago, uh, it kind of takes away from this angle here. But if you look at Chicago, right, defensively, since they've lost Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, they've been a really poor defensive team. Uh, 117.6 defensive rating to the Raptors the other night, 118.9 points per 100 possessions to their opponents over the last 15 games and non-garbage time minutes. It's been really bad. But over that stretch, the over for Chicago, 10-4-1. And, and then you look at Indiana. You've mentioned all the missing bodies. Two of them, very key defenders. Actually, three of them, key defenders. DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon. Since those guys have been out of the lineup, we're talking about overs being 8-2 and two in the 10 games since Turner's been injured. So the, the Pacers have been an over machine, and as have Chicago. So you expected, I thought, at least a high-scoring affair. That's why this thing opened up as high as 233 at some spots. But with the missing offensive personnel, I'd be interested to see if Chicago can you know, pull its own weight here offensively against Indiana because the Pacers are extremely poor defensively but still have some upside offensively. The guys that are rolling out there are sneaky good at shooting the ball. They'll be able to put something out there from an offensive standpoint. It's just whether or not Chicago can match them. So this total is down to 229.5. You understand the adjustment, but these are two extremely volatile defenses that have been playing to the over for the last 15 games or so. And I'd wonder if maybe if this bottoms out like 228.5 or so, that maybe that's still worth playing over the total even with some of the missing bodies. All right, JVT, we're talking about potential transactions. We did see one earlier today. How about the Clippers and the Trailblazers? Los Angeles trading Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a future second-round pick to the Blazers for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. What do you make of that? And, you know, what does that do in your mind for the Clippers who are sitting at 18-1 to to come out of the West? Yeah, so I think for this year, Danny, if you're if you're look if you have a shop that offers like yes no playoff odds, I think you're looking to play on the Clippers to make the postseason. As far as big picture wise, not entirely sure. I don't know if you saw the the quote from uh, Ty Lue last night after they beat the Los Angeles Lakers, but he drops out of nowhere like ah you know these guys know that Ka- Kawhi's probably not coming back, and if that's going to be the case, this isn't a team that's going to win the NBA Finals. Now, given the additions that they just made and how well they have played for the most part. This is probably going to be a playoff team. So I think the way I'm attacking it, at least when it comes to this season, uh, this is going to be a team that I'm looking to bet on to make the playoffs. You might have to lay a small price, but I think it might be worth it. But if we're talking about next year, this is going to be a team that's in the top five in terms of the odds to win the NBA Finals, not just the Western Conference. This team is going to be absolutely loaded when you get back to next season. And this is what kind of that move was. Norm Powell's under contract for a while, right? Covington's going to be a pretty good role player for them. He's got a lot of depth now, the, the Los Angeles Clippers do. So I would say look out for next year. They're probably going to be in the range of like 7 to 10 to 1 to win the NBA Finals, and they rightfully should be. This was a move for the NBA Finals for next season, I think, in mind. But for this season, at least it solidifies them, I believe, at least as a playoff team. 
And then really quick, speaking of this season in the finals, you did pull the trigger on the Suns to win it all. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I bet him at seven to one, and I, I got lucky because I, I bet him at seven to one at MGM. That's where it was available, and it moved immediately to like five fifty, uh, five to one. So, look, this is a really good team, man. We have seen it. They have they're the only team in NBA history to post a win percentage over nine hundred and two different calendar months. Uh, we have saw exactly what they're doing from a straight up perspective, and they improved, Danny. Their biggest weakness was depth at center last season. They got eaten up or eaten up, whatever. That's not great grammar, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, they got destroyed <laughs> by Giannis uh, at the rim last year in the NBA Finals. They have greatly improved that position. They're better than they were a season ago. So I, I felt, in the status of the Western Conference, felt seven to one was worth investing in. Yeah, six to one right now at Bet Rivers, so just a dollar less, but still decent spot to potentially get the Suns team that has just been consistently on cruise control. Even though losing the championship, they're looking great this season. We'll see if they can finish it out. JVT, thank you as always for making some time. Love the work you do at Vison and co-hosting the Edge. Keep it up, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back on. Okay, thanks for having me, man. You got it. At me, JVT, where you can follow him on Twitter. Has great tweets when it comes to everything around the association. Like he was saying with the Kawhi Leonard news, he was tweeting about that earlier. I completely missed it. Didn't see anybody else talking about it. But, yeah, Leonard potentially out for the rest of the season. So, JVT gives you all that info on Twitter. And then at BSIN.com every single day with all of his NBA matchups, write-ups, analysis, and much more. And some more of that coming up next for the Super Bowl Prop Shelf as we finish up Rush Hour. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Sportsbook betters sure hit a jackpot because their odds boost house specials gave away over $3 million in cash. The biggest hit was betters who bet on the four-player parlay to score a touchdown, and those lucky players turned $50 into over $1,000. 
that easily when Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel all reached the end zone on Championship Sunday. That's right, over $3 million in payouts in one day. Bet Rivers loves winning, and the amazing odds boosts keep going on to drive to the big game. Visit Bet Rivers Sportsbook today and check out all the options along with exclusive new promotions for all sports bettors. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only, void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877 8HOPENY or text HOPENY or 67369. Okay, it is time for our final segment on this Friday edition of Rush Hour, all on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke. Thank you for being with us. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5 and at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. So since it is our final segment, you know we devoted to the NFL and all the unique props for the big game. So let's get into it with Prop Shelf. And we don't really have a specific segment for this one necessarily, or a title rather. We're kind of going all over the place. But so uh, it's a, uh, I don't know, just a randomized Prop Shelf version for Super Bowl 56. So we'll start, you'll see what I mean. But we'll start with total turnovers committed in this game. This was me just having a lot of coffee loaded up in me this morning saying, I like that one, I like that one, that one's kind of neat. So. I don't know. I grouped them all together. But starting with the total turnovers committed, two and a half was the number at Bet Rivers. Over plus 105, under minus a buck 30. Now, if you do a little bit of shopping, I saw the under actually have some plus money. But regardless, this is an intriguing bet to me because my first thought would be, well, maybe a look at this under. Right? I mean, people are going to be playing more tight. You're going to be more careful with everything on the line. You're going to try to avoid being the guy who makes that big mistake as, as much as possible. I mean, you try that every game, but even more so on the biggest spotlight of the year. So during the regular season, the Bengals turned the ball over about 1.24 times per game. Los Angeles about 1.35 times per game. And we look at what happened in the postseason with each respective team and their opponent. So Los Angeles against San Francisco, both teams had one turnover but stayed under two in the hook. Los Angeles had Tampa Bay. Well, the Rams had four turnovers themselves, and the Bucks had two. So obviously that went over. Rams versus Arizona Cardinals had two. Rams had none. So the Rams have stayed under this mark in two out of the three postseason games. A little bit different story for the Bengals versus the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders did have two, and the Bengals had none, so they stayed under. But against Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill had three picks, and uh, the Bengals had one turnover, so that went over. And then against the Chiefs, Kansas City had two turnovers, and, uh, and Cincinnati contributed one. I don't know. You know, I, I wasn't in love with it as much when I kind of looked deeper into it. And I guess what's kind of scary about it, too, is because it, it's the same issue that I've had with Stafford for so long and that he is prone to making that big mistake. And maybe you can have a strip sack by an Aaron Donald, by a Von Miller because of the struggles that Cincinnati offensive line has had. So those could all be factors that would kill you on betting this under, along with, say, a team is trailing at the end. They're trying to chuck up a Hail Mary, do anything kind of extreme at the end of the game. Well, realistically, it's probably going to end in a turnover being an interception because of just a random chuck up. So I did like the under, but not at the price of minus 130. So a lean to the under, but I probably am not going to play this one officially, but I thought it was pretty interesting to talk about. I will give you an official play here for this spot, though. How about the total first downs? By the Los Angeles Rams, how many first downs will Matt Stafford and company get in this game? Now, 20 in the hook is the number at Bet Rivers. You're paying a little bit of price. If you want to go to the over, minus 125, the under a slight plus value of plus 101. You look at the Rams this season, they're averaging 21 first downs per game. 
Over the last three games, they're getting about 21.7. Now, Cincinnati is allowing their opponents to average just over 20 first downs per game this year. But more recently, during the postseason, their opponents are getting 21 first downs per game. Looking at what each team has done this postseason, Los Angeles offensively had 16 first downs versus Arizona, 24 at Tampa Bay, and 25 versus San Francisco. But let's take that into context a little bit, especially being the Arizona game. Look, the Rams didn't really need to drive the ball downfield as much. I mean, they weren't very methodical about it, right? If they did it, it was big explosive plays, or they took advantage of great field position because of the turnovers from Arizona and Kyler Murray. So I think if it was a normal played game and a closer effort, then the Rams probably would have gone over it. Now, defensively, the Bengals this postseason, they're allowing, like we said, 21 first downs to their opponent per game. Kansas City had 24, Las Vegas had 23, and then Tennessee had 16. Taking in the Titans game to context, their offense stinks. They've always stung. Tannehill's not a great quarterback. You can put whoever you want at receiver, whoever you want at running back. He can't win the big game, and he's prone to making mistakes like he definitely did against Cincinnati. So throwing that game out the window and the Arizona game out the window, the true games and what I think could be reflected for this one would be those efforts to where Cincinnati allowed their opponent to get over it, and at the same time, the Rams got over it themselves. So I really like the Rams over 20-and-a-half first downs in the Super Bowl minus 125. That is what I am playing for another prop bet. So we can book that down. Rams over 20 in the hook for their first downs at minus 125. But now let's go back to the realm of kicking. We already had a prop with the field goals, but how about punting? That's right. I am betting on the punting for the big game. This is like my holiday, folks. You know we do prop shelf all the time, but we get all of these just, it seems like, unlimited prop options. So I had to jump in the circle of the punts, and Kevin Huber, the punter for Cincinnati, is catching my attention. Over 52.5 for his longest punt, minus 129, is a play that I am willing to make. If you want to go against me, the under is plus 105, but I'm betting that his longest punt will be over 52.5 yards. He's averaging 52.7 yards per punt as of this moment, and he's gone over 52.5 as his longest punt in a game in 12 out of 19 games this year. Now, technically, SoFi is not a dome because the sides are open. And remember, we had that debacle where the I think it was the Chargers and the Raiders playing, and they had the lightning delay. We're like, how the hell can you have a lightning delay if you just built this billion-dollar stadium, multiple-billion-dollar stadium? And, you know, it's getting in a lightning delay with the roof on top. It's because they have the sides open. So I don't know how much wind will be affected that way. But, again, looking further, kind of investigating, Huber in domes at Las Vegas hit a punt 58 yards. And then against Detroit, hit one for 58 yards as well. So it's not technically a dome, but it's basically a dome. Uh, in the postseason, Huber got a long punt of 57 versus the Raiders, 54 at Kansas City, and then got just 48 at Tennessee outside weather. I mean, they were all outside, but, you know, maybe it was a little bit windier. I can't really recall for that game. But, look, it's, it's not the most uh, sound bet, per se, or sound strategy, maybe. You could think that. But, hey, I mean, we don't get opportunities to look at betting these punting props. And I think, based on what we've seen, it's probably going to be an untapped market and could be a good angle. So I'm betting Kevin Huber over 52.5 yards for his longest punt. Minus 129 is the juice I'm laying at Bet Rivers.
Johnny Hecker, if you're curious. I don't really like his as much, but his number's at 51 in the hook. He's only averaging 44.3 yards per punt this season. He's gone over it in just half the games, 10 out of 20. Uh, at home, he's only gone over this mark in four out of 10 games for whatever reason. And look, he got over it twice his postseason, but not as infatuated with Hecker going over or under. So the only one I'm doing is Huber for his longest punt. Each respective team total punts, I was considering doing the Bengals one over three in the hook. The price is minus 125. They are averaging four punts per game. They've punted more than three and a half times in 10 out of 20 games this year. And look, the Bengals, they've only gone over this once, though, this postseason. They punted five times at Tennessee, but only three times against the Chiefs and then two times versus the Raiders. The Rams are forcing opponents to punt the ball 3.8 times per game, which is 16th in the NFL. But in the last three games, the Rams have made their opponents punt 4.7 times per game. Cardinals punted five times, Bucks punted four times, and the 49ers punted five times. So every opponent has been forced to punt at least four or more times against the Rams this postseason. If you think it could happen again, the total points or the total punts by the Bengals, excuse me, over three and a hook is minus 125 at Bet Rivers. Total number by the Rams for their punts is also at three in the hook. However, the under is juiced heavily, minus 155 over plus 124. They're only punting three times per game. They've gone over this mark in just eight out of 20 games. They have a more prolific offense, and I would probably look toward the under. But, of course, I'm not going to lay that steep price of minus 155. So, all in all, the added NFL Super Bowl bets that I am going with is Kevin Huber over 52 and a half for his longest yardage for his punt at minus 129. And then total first downs by the Rams in Super Bowl 56 over 20 and a half minus 125. And aside from that, tonight we are rolling up or we're rolling with the banged up Bulls. They're taking on the Pacers who are equally as banged up. Hopefully the Bulls get the outright dub. And then Justin Holiday over two and a half, three point field goals made at plus 115. Thank you to everybody for joining the show. Hopefully you have a great weekend of betting and one more weekend off to the big game. So rest up, get those plays in, and best of luck. And until Monday, take care, folks. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 